to the Happy Whole You podcast. I'm Anna Marie Frank, your brain health and wellness expert. Here we talk about all things wellness with a focus on how your brain functions. So the daily impact of our physical, nutritional, financial, even spiritual lives, how they impact our brain, including how we navigate all of our relationships on a daily basis, all have a major impact on how our brain functions. So get ready to rewire your biology and your brain because we have a lot of great information ahead. Hello, hello, amazing, beautiful humans. Here we are on another episode of the Happy Whole You podcast. And I have two amazing women to share with you today. The first, Christine Pierce Rampone. And did you know she is the most decorated American professional soccer player of all time? She is currently an active speaker, coach, and broadcaster. She's also played in five FIFA World Championship Cup Finals and four Olympic women's tournaments. And she is a 1999 and 2015 FIFA Women's World Cup champion and a three-time Olympic gold medalist winning championship titles in 2004 at the Athens Olympics, 2008 Beijing Olympics, and 2012 London Olympics. Pierce Rampone is the oldest player to have appeared in a FIFA Women's World Cup game, and she is the second most capped player in U.S. and world history, having represented the U.S. in 311 international games. So she's pretty much awesome. But since hanging up her boots, she has been doing broadcasting work for Fox News Sports, covering the U.S. World National Women's Soccer Team. And not to mention, she is a mom and she is overall just a busy woman. And we have her on today. And we also have Dr. Christine Keen with us today. And she is a clinical and sports neuropsychologist who has been working with professional athletes, physicians, and mental health clinicians for the past 20 years. She's a brain health expert with experience treating a wide range of neurological disorders, learning disabilities, and brain injuries, as well as helping athletes and professionals reach their peak performance. Dr. Keen earned a doctoral degree in psychology with a specialization in neuropsychology from Florida Tech and serves as an intern at the University of Rochester School of Medicine and Dentistry. Dr. Keen earned two bachelor's degrees from Rudiger University in England. She is the owner, developer, and clinical director of two multi-specialty neuropsychological private practices in New Jersey. She is also the clinical director at Hackensack Meridian Health Systems Neuroscience Concussion Program, which is a mouthful, which serves children and adult athletes. And she's also assistant professor. She has three children and she is a busy mama. So here we go. Two wonderful women to share with you today. So let's dive in. For joining me today. Thanks for having us. Yes, absolutely. So I want to jump right in and let's, I just want to ask the question because you have this awesome book for parents, be all in. And what made you ladies want to collaborate 
and write this book together. Well, Dr. Keenan and I have worked together on like the speaking tour of concussion and working for the, the same organization. And we just got to talking about the climate of sport with her experience on the clinical side and my experience, you know, as a retired athlete and mother of five of us combined. We just thought it was, it was time that we needed to kind of change the climate and not make it so emotional and kind of give the, the game back to the kids. I like that. I actually, when I read that in the book, I circled it and highlighted it. I really like that. Like give, give the game back to the kids. Absolutely. And so Christy and Christine, you guys, how long have you guys known each other? Cause to write a book, that's like, yeah, it was it definitely, we've been, I guess we've known each other for five years and it took about two years to write the book. Just a lot okay. of time together of just talking and writing things down on paper. And that's when we decided like, we need to make a book out of this and just give back and help educate parents. So it was, it was a fun process. Yeah. I admit. Awesome. So you think this book is for parents, grandparents, anyone that has a student athlete? All of all the above. above. Okay, yeah. cool. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would say our experience have ranged from, I mean, a really extreme example that mm-hmm. was one of the prompts of the book was we had a grandparent actually punch a ref during a game. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we, we have all the stakeholders involved in the youth athletics from grandparents to the coaches to our parents. So Yeah. Yeah. Parents can get pretty into it. it I was fortunate yeah. enough that I had parents that like sat in the back of the stands and my mom didn't know much about what was going on. She just knew she really enjoyed watching me. But I do remember she had told me later on one of the most like thing that hurt her the most in one of my games was when I was a freshman on varsity, some of the other parents were talking about me and they didn't know she was my mom. So it's even important, I think, to remind people that you don't know who's around. So even if you're in your little group talking about it, even if the kids can't hear you, these, you know, family members can hear you. And it's so important to have that positive attitude and just be there for the kids because it is about the kids, right? Give the sport. (laughs) And some of those, like, I'm sure every sports parent could tell you a a pretty wild story about something they've seen on the sidelines. And then we got to talking about like, what is the effect on this on the athletes and their child development? So that's what we wanted to share. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Oh gosh. I can't wait to get more into this with you guys. It gets me really excited. So I'm a lot lifetime athlete myself. So, okay. Christine, as an Olympian, you had to start somewhere, right? And can you remember back when you first started, like, what was the thing that was like so supportive to keep encouraging you to keep going? And then maybe what was something that was like, maybe had you questioning, are you going to continue? Yeah, I think I was just to be honest, internally motivated. I just played multiple sports. You know, I was field hockey, basketball, soccer, you know, I ran track. I just loved to compete. I just loved to be out there. I kind of, you know, I became a different person when I was competing and I, I just loved that. But I think the, the, like, the biggest hurdle I had was kind of second guessing, like if I was good enough, you know, even yeah. though I was succeeding on the field, I just didn't know if it was good enough. There's a lot of that inner voice and the negativity and trying to turn into positive, you know, a positive message to myself and knowing that I was good enough. And I, if I was to go back to my younger self, I just probably would say like all those nightmares really never <laughs> happened. You yeah. Know, right. like all those thoughts, like they never came, never came true. So kind of just go out there and enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I can relate to that on, on many levels. It's like you, you can have these dreams that like 
you can't find your clothes, your uniform mm-hmm. to get on the court or to get on the field. Right. And it's like, <laughs> as an adult, I have these dreams still. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> <I know. laughs> that internal drama. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. So Christine, as a brain health expert, because I'm all about the brain. And so I love what you're doing because the brain is actually one of the organs of the body that doctors will treat subjectively and they haven't scanned it, looked at it or anything. And so the brain is, is so important that we take care of it. And especially with concussions and, you know, trauma at a young age, whether it's whiplash in a car accident or in anything, our brain is the consistency of soft butter, as you know, and any type of impact, it impacts the brain. So what would you say is something parents can do to support their child's brain health? And then what is maybe like a big no-no or a misconception that's out there when it comes to brain health? I think, you know, concussion is an invisible injury. So I would say all parents of athletes, whether it's contact or non-contact sports, should educate themselves on the signs and the symptoms of concussion and to take that very seriously and to, to protect your child's brain health. The biggest no-no that I've seen is parents really rushing their kid back to playing or feeling pressured by their child to let them go back early. And when they do that, sometimes they're not fully recovered from a concussion and they can get hit again. And it could be even less of a, a blow. And then they're having the symptoms even worse than before. So what could have been maybe three weeks or four weeks out of play turns into a whole season. And then for some kids, you know, going back in and having a second impact can be devastating. Just to take that very seriously in terms of their child's brain health and making sure their equipment is up to date, that one of the things that I think people overlook is how important it is to understand the culture of the team and that they're playing safely. It's a really aggressive youth sports culture, or there's a lot of kids that are playing that might not be, you know, some, some kids are quite large compared to others and how they play. I mean, those are the things that can, you know, cause injuries that are unnecessary. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is interesting how you can have two fifth graders that are very different in size Mm -hmm. and, and we need to be mindful of that. Absolutely. Let's see here. I have like so many questions I want to ask you guys. (laughs) All right. Let me go in to one that for the parents out there, what is one thing most parents miss when they're watching their kids practice or play that could like help, like if their parents saw this or recognized it, it could actually really help improve the child's game, mental health, well-being, or whatnot. Is there something that stands out to you guys that they could be missing? I think if a parent like really focuses on the body language of their child. And, you know, how they approach the team. Are they, you know, on the outside a lot? Are they, you know, having a good rapport with their team? Like, are they more outspoken? And just kind of get a real sense of the awareness of their child. It could really tell the story of, you know, how they're, how they're, what their role is within that team and how they can better help them maybe manage their voice or try to be more included. And that's just a conversation and that communication that you can have with your child away from the field, maybe at home and like, you know, just communicating on, you know, what the relationship with sport is compared to yours and just having that good rapport to help them to succeed to the best that they can, not just for yourself as a parent and wanting to see them succeed, but just letting them do it on their own. But I just think awareness of that body language is key. 
Yeah, I love that. That's I think that's so important. I have two very different children. And as you guys know, as moms, it's like, okay, these are two of my children and they are so different. Yes. (laughs) And my daughter is like all in 100%. And my kids are only eight and 10. And if they come to me and say they want to do something, I support them in that, but I've never pushed them in or anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, exposure, you can expose them to a lot of things I think is important, but they played basketball for the first time this past year. And she was like all about it. And my son was kind of like, eh, he actually wasn't going to play. But when we showed up and he saw the new uniforms, he was like, I'm in. (laughs) And so I think it's important to know, is your child there because of the uniforms and snacks or maybe Mm -hmm. they really, you know, and for me, I'm super competitive as well. So it was very, I had to be very aware of my body language, like you guys said earlier, and just the conversations that I had with my kids and not to make Mm -hmm. it more focused on one child than the other or anything like that. And so I think as parents, that's something that we definitely need to be mindful of. And, you know, obviously there's no handbook on parenting and we all, whatever, we'll know in like 15 years, how much we screwed up our kids (laughs) a lot, who knows, but... (laughs) But just, I always say I there's think, a no one size fits all way to parenting. And it's more of recognizing, like you said, your children, what their relationship is with sport, because my kids are different as well. You know, one's very competitive. One likes to just go out and have fun and you have to treat them equally and, you know, be there and be present when they're playing and show the same emotion for both. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And that's what with your book, I think that this is such a good tool for parents, like for all, like whether you have, you know, the kid that wants to be there for the uniforms and snacks or whether you want the, the other kid right. that's all <laughs> in. time oranges. <laughs> yes. I mean, raising kids for success in sports and life. Like you guys have to, I'm going to put the book and the links in the show notes that I think everyone that if you have kids in sport, just grab the book. And what I love about it is it is self-reflective because it allows you to reflect on your past and, you know, moving forward with how we are as parents as well. So going on to another question is, I don't want to have everyone here for hours, but I have so many. You started the book off with chapter one and it's giving sport back to kids. Can you share a little bit more? What does that mean? I mean, I know what I think it means and what the book says, but like, can you give our audience just like, what does that mean? Give the sport back to kids. You know, when we were talking, it was just like allowing the kids to dictate their own path right? Because a lot of times parents are just putting their kid in the sport they want them to play. And it's like giving them the opportunity to choose and pick the sport that they want to, and then just sit back and be supportive and be encouraging and be positive, you know, help them with their confidence, hold them responsible and accountable at times, and just teaching those lessons you can learn through sport. But I think parents are getting a little bit too involved and you know, even writing this book, you know, I was guilty of that at times, you know, and so you kind of self-reflect, like you said earlier, and like how you are as a parent and being aware of your body language, how you're communicating and just allowing your kids to just be their authentic self. Let them be themselves rather than comparing them and trying to make them someone they're not. Yes. I love that. Being our true authentic self any human, when you can be your true authentic self, I mean, life is just amazing. It's amazing. Yes. Yes. All right. Another question. What do you think is the most important thing parents should know when it comes to teaching mental toughness? (laughs) So we believe that the most important thing that they should know is how the 
inner dialogue is created and that the parents are great stakeholders in in how a child begins to talk to themselves, whether they're going to be confident, whether they're going to be resilient. When we're yelling on the sidelines, is that negative? Is that positive? Are we blaming our child? Are we, we become, like if we're very critical, your child can become very critical. It becomes that, that self-talk, that inner dialogue that, that goes on. And, and that's really the core of the uh, mental toughness. So that's something wonderful as parents, we can really teach our children how, how to listen to their inner voice. And that when they have thoughts that pop up, like worry, like, is that, you know, that scene's going to beat us or that girl's bigger than me. They might be, they may not be able to control the thought that comes in, but they can control whether they can continue to think about it. And a lot of kids don't realize that, that they can do a lot to stop that and then develop their mental toughness. So yeah, I might be a little bit nervous before a game, but I can kind of word wash or flip flop that and then move on with the game. And the other part of that is learning how to be comfortable with the uncomfortable and really teaching our kids that failure is part of sports and it's how we learn and that that we teach our kids because we're so so many times like giving the sports back to the kids like we're so focused on winning and championships and we're going to lose sometimes and when we lose that's when the that's the goal you know that's where you learn so if you can look at that and say you know for me to become a better athlete I have to fail so mm-hmm. this is, of course, it's going to hurt and you process that. But when you reflect on it, that's where the real learning comes in. Oh, yeah, that's great. And I think, too, like in the losses, it's the, there's the lessons, you know, like you're, you're mm-hmm. sharing, literally learn from losing, right? right. Learn, <laughs> yeah. learn from the failures. And I think, too, with young kids is giving them specific feedback, right? Like, oh, you did good. Great job. And you pat them on the back versus investing in them by, you know, saying, Hey, I really liked how you did this. You know, you weren't able to get that in the past, but I saw that move or I saw that in this game and, you know, and just, I don't know, being more specific, I guess, in meaningful. Yeah, like teaching them to constructively reflect back yes. on the mistake right. instead of glossing it over with a positive that doesn't mean anything. You know, there's actually research that shows that when people reflect back, they actually are more motivated the next time around. So when we teach our kids to do that, we're actually teaching motivation and, mm-hmm. and, and again, yeah. mental toughness. Yeah, I can totally see that. Absolutely. That's wonderful. All right, next question, moving on. Oh, okay, so actually, this kind of goes, feeds into the question we just had. So after a loss or after a win on the car mm-hmm. ride home, that is a very powerful time. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I remember the car rides home or the bus ride home, like with coach and whatnot. What is there a format? I mean, what should we, what should parents be mindful <laughs> of? On have to ride? sign a form before they yeah. get in the car. Well, parents have to realize though, is like on that car ride home, their words matter. So yeah. they have to be careful of, of what they say. And we always, We've talked about this. It's a transitional period and just allow your kids to have that break. And it's okay to be emotional and you just compete in a game and you can have a high or you can be upset, but just allow your kid to have those emotions and not try to get into a conversation about the game. Try to reflect on something else and give them that period to adjust. And I always say to my kids, like, you can have your emotion, but once we get home or to our next destination, it's on to the next. We have to let that go. 
and and move on and we can come back to that and discuss it you know whether you want to in detail or not but it's up to the child to really approach the parent i think about more detailed information that maybe they saw but you always have to try to take the positive takeaways especially with a loss and even with a win sometimes it's not the game that your child wanted to perform and they still won and they're internally upset so those conversations i think should be had a little bit later like like growing up we always had that dinner my dad always said you know give me three positive and three negatives about the game. And that's the kind of, we had a rapport so that I understood like you can't excellence. You don't try, you try not to strive for perfection because then you will always be disappointed. And that's that subtle conversation that stuck with for the rest of her life, you know, how she viewed playing. And, and that's, you know, that's Mm -hmm. really the inspiration behind that. We kind of step back and become more aware of like, what are the seeds we're planting for you towards? Yeah, absolutely. Planting so many seeds when it comes to sports, the coaches, Mm -hmm. the parents, your teammates. I mean, there's such lifelong lessons that sports teach kids and impact us for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's pretty incredible the the power that sports have in a positive way. And you have to be mindful of that, that negative way as well. So the last question I have for you, because I see this a lot is younger kids being like in one sport and I was actually a four sport athlete. So I kind of double dipped in one season when I was in high school and I feel like having multiple sports, I mean, you don't got to go to four, but like multiple Mm -hmm. sports really helped me. And I know as you know, a professional now, how that impacts the brain, how that helps the body and how it prevents injuries and things like that to be in multiple sports. So you know, the growing trend in youth athletes is to specialize in one sport at an early age. So is this even worth it in your guys' opinion? So the research that we did really showed quite the opposite. And as well as a lot of the information put out by professional athletes, that most of the successful professional athletes played multiple sports. The American Academy of Pediatrics, American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, their opinion is that that kids should play multiple sports basically for the reasons that you just said kids who play one sport early on and this is not you know when we're talking ice skating and gymnastics you do need to start earlier so you know that those sports aside when kids are playing one sport they're susceptible to overuse injuries which the trend is we're seeing so many more overuse injuries than ever before perfectionism social isolation some of them actually go as far to say that for kids who specialize in only one sport, it's almost like a lost childhood. So they don't have the same mm-hmm. socialization as other kids. But the, the reality of it is there's just such a push to specialize because we have so many academies and training, you know, training facilities and every sport you play, they do play year round. You know, you can train year round and, mm-hmm. and there's a push to train year round. So you'll get playing time. So you'll learn the, the technical, but what's better for your body seems to be to play another sport, to use other muscles. And I think, yeah, you know, we also talk about the parents have this fear of like they're missing out if they don't start their kids being in like in one sport, specializing, getting early training. And I agree with you. I played multiple sports and I think throughout my career, it was great to have so many different voices in coaches, you know, from a female perspective, from a male perspective, and different environments and different teammates that you have to adapt and adjust to that helped, you know, I think elongate my career because I was a forward my whole career until I made it to the highest level and I changed positions to a defender 
I went to college on a basketball scholarship. I made it to the highest level in soccer. So I always say like everybody's path to success looks different. So you shouldn't be comparing yourself to others. Like if you want to play multiple sports, I think it truly is the way to go because you can embrace it. You're cross training. You're not getting too stressed about, you know, the perfection and trying to nail down the one sport. So even if it's choosing two sports to have, you know, what your competitive one and then one just to have fun with and just alleviate those pressures. For me, it was great for my mind and body. And I think I would encourage any athlete to play multiple sports. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense. I just think about it as adults. If we go to the gym and do the same workouts over and over year after year, we end up not having the benefits. We end up getting overuse injuries. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's important that we recognize this with our children as well. Right. And it's your identity because think about what's going on right now in this pandemic. Like when gyms have been shut down, a lot of adults don't know what to do because they're so used to their routine and doing the same Mm -hmm. thing, like you said. So now they have to go outside their comfort zone and maybe try to figure (laughs) out how to train and they're lost. And that's what you don't want to see in children. You want them to have an identity when sports is finally over, whether that be at high school level, college, or even pro, to make sure that you do have a good balance that you can have a life outside of sports. And that's not what just you're not labeled by that sport and you can uh, enjoy the rest of your life. And that's why it's a key to learning all these aspects of what sports can give you. Yes. And I believe that's a whole nother podcast topic. Right? Like, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> there's a lot to be said around that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thanks ladies for coming on. If you could share with the listeners your book when it's because it's coming out this month it's august yeah coming out where they can find you on social media and i will add all this in the show notes but just so they can hear you if they're driving right now or something okay so the the book is called be all in raising kids for success in sports and life we have a website called be all in books.com and if you go to the website you can see where it will be sold on amazon barnes and noble target walmart it's out there so Go purchase it and hopefully we can help you have a better journey with your kids through sports. Awesome. And where can they find you at ladies on social media? Yeah, I'm Christy Rampone three on Instagram and then I'm Christy Pierce Rampone on Facebook. You are. And she's Christy with a C. I'm Christine with yeah. a K. So I'm, I'm Dr. Christine <laughs> Keen on Facebook and Instagram. Yes, it's Christy and Christine. Yes. We will get all that good stuff in the show notes for our listeners. And thank you, ladies, for taking time out of your day to spend with us here on the Happy Whole You podcast. And we look forward to watching and seeing how everything takes off for you. Awesome. Thanks for having us. No problem. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today, you guys, on this Happy Holy You podcast. We are so stoked that you are listening. And if you have questions or want to reach out to us, you can always email us at info at happyholeyou.com. And you know where to find us at Happy Holy You on Facebook and at Happy Holy You on Instagram. So have a wonderful day. Have a great week. And we will see you soon.